Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by lovely June Gacho, or LJ Gacho. She is an operations manager at 611 Global Services and Solutions. So we've had some of the 611 team on with us before. And again, it's great to get LJ on the show with us to to discuss more about 611, to get more insights into how they run their team. They're based down in Davao. They have now thousands of employees and LJ has actually been with the company for 14 years. And it's a testament to to 611 and also the outsourcing industry and also LJ uh, that she's you know grown with the industry and developed such an incredible career in the industry. So it's great to tap into LJ's knowledge and insights and experiences of outsourcing and 611 and also Deval where they are based. Really enjoyed my conversation with LJ. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs and we can help you too. We cover everything from business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations and fully managed services. If you're already outsourcing, about to start or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your outsourcing practices. We list over 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website, host this leading outsourcing podcast, and have over 5,000 pages of content. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. We offer everything from light brokerage, co-managed services, through to fully managed solutions. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Mention that you're a podcast listener and we will give you special attention plus a 10% discount. This is for a limited time only. Go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. LJ, welcome to the show. I want to hear about your 14 years of working with uh, 611 down in Davao. How, uh, that's, that's an incredible amount of time. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, 14 years. It's been a long time, but it seems like yesterday. <laughs> I, I actually started with 611 Global Services as a trainee. You know, I, I don't have any, I don't know anything about outsourcing our call center. 611 trained me about, I started as an outbound sales telemarketer. And as they always say, you know, as cream always rises to the top, fast forward 14 years from now, um, it's, I, I became an operations manager. Congratulations. That's, that's quite you. a journey. Huh? And yes. uh, so we, I want to introduce 611. We've had um, some of your colleagues on the show before. And what do you do at 611 now? So you are an operations manager at 611. Yes, that's correct. I'm an operations manager. I have around 250 call center agents with me, under me, and 20 managers. Great. And to give a perspective of 611, how many staff total? 
a rough. Right now, yeah. But I think we have about 1,500 or more people for mm-hmm. all the sites that we have. Great, great. And, okay, so you manage uh, 250 people. That is, that's huge, LJ. Can you, <laughs> can you sort of explain the, what does an operations manager do and then what are the, the sort of the ranks below you to, to help manage then the individual accounts or teams just to kind of paint a picture of, of how a BPO runs? Mm-hmm. Yes, if we look at the organizational chart of our company, I think it really uh, depends in in different companies. But with us, we started everyone as a trainee. So they are once they are hired by our marketing team, they started as a trainee. There, they'll have like uh, product training or basic call center one on one training. And then after that, they are promoted to a call center agent. And then after a call center agent, sometimes it takes a couple of months or even years. They are promoted as an OIC or as an officer in charge. And this, the officer in charge is already in like a management level. It's like an assistant for a team leader. Because we always hire, we also we also hire somebody from the outside, but in 611, we prioritize really somebody in-house, like from, we train them because they already know how we work here internally. So after the, the officer in charge or the OIC, they get to be promoted as a team leader. And then there's a senior team leader and then an operations manager. So I was able to go up to that ladder. Now I am the operations manager and then we have the call center director, the COO, the chief of operating officer, and the CEO, which is our president and founder. It's a big structure, isn't it? You know, and this is what I tell people: like, if you get outsourcing, if you tap into the outsourcing world, it's not just that you're getting access to you know highly capable, highly trained staff at a great price, but you also get this entire infrastructure on top. And, you know, you have been in the game 14 years. You're an expert in this. You know how these systems work and you know mm-hmm. how to get results. So it's an incredible um, value add for, for clients, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, that That is, I would agree with you. That is true. When they see the pricing of outsourcing or they hire a, a call center agent, some of the clients would think that they're just, you know, paying the the call center agent, but they they didn't know that they're actually paying for for the whole infrastructure, for the facility, for the security department, for the accounting, for the HR that takes care of the documents of their employees. You know, it it's it's everything, and you're just paying, you know, compared to hiring somebody locally. And LJ, one of the one of the uh, concerns for call centers, and I suppose one of the stigmas about call centers is high churn, high turnover rate. And while it certainly can exist, you've been in the game 14 years now, and not only in the game, but you, you've been with 611, the same employer for 14 years, which is just incredible. What do you say to churn rates and you know what can clients expect? Yes, yes, that's a very good question. For 611, I am very proud to say that 
I guess, 60 or 70 percent of our people here, especially under my team, is above five years already working with, with, with us. So I think it is because with 611, we treat everyone as a family, not just an employee. You know, we are like a very big family. We just we just do not treat the employees as employees or workers, but we are all treated fairly as a family. And then from the operations to administration to maintenance to security department, you know, and because of the very welcoming and homey environment we have here, it reflects to the kind of service that we all provide. And I'm sure, you know, everyone wants a happy employee. And if our people are happy, then we provide more quality service. Unlike people that are disengaged or they just drag their feet going to work. So in 611, we do everything to keep everyone happy. That's why we have lesser attrition and we have more people that stayed with us for like years, even over a decade. Got it. And again, you know, by by tapping into call centers like this, it, it's it's all of your experience, it's all the hierarchy, and then having staff that have been in this system for so many years or even decades, you know, that, that mm-hmm. just makes things run so much smoother. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there are call centers everywhere in the world and even in the US and UK, but it's more of a career for people in the Philippines, isn't it? You know, as you say, 611 has this incredible sort of training um, ladder and hierarchy, and people see this as a profession, a well-paid career. What can you, especially down in Davao, how do people see the opportunity within call centers? Yes, it is. It's a great opportunity for everyone. Uh, Davao, where where the the place that I'm in was actually like the the last city somehow the, even like the last city that has all these call centers um starting up mostly here in the philippines there are bigger call centers in manila or in cebu which is like bigger metro cities but in davao when we started call center here it opens really great opportunity to everyone so it it gives employment unlike the popular belief that it gets employment from others or it is a it's a dead end career it basically also opens up a lot of opportunities and employment for managerial position for consultants client representatives and other positions not just here but abroad as well yeah it's incredible isn't it and what is davao like can you paint a picture of davao for us Yes, yes. Uh, first is the currently the Philippine president is from Davao City, <laughs> so yeah, that's a first. That. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and he was the have, mayor before uh, before he became president, so he was he was in charge of Davao effectively. Yes. Yes, yes. He's a mayor for so many years, and it's more laid back compared to bigger cities in uh, in the philippines we have very low cost of living we have a very good food here i am proud to say that have you been here in the philippines i have i came to one of the nicp conferences down there uh, mm-hmm. i believe and there was an earthquake when i was staying there actually but, uh, <laughs> i can't remember it was obviously before covid i think maybe maybe two two and a half years ago now 
Yes. So Davao is very friendly. Like, you know, Filipinos are known for being hospitable. But Davao is really, like, we just embrace visitors here in Davao City. That's like the culture that we have here. Yeah, it's a beautiful place, beautiful place. And as you say, you know, outsourcing is an incredible opportunity for people to bring economic opportunities into the environment and, and basically allows people that are in one geographical location to be able to work for businesses right across the world. So it's an incredible mm-hmm. sort of portal to the global economy, isn't it? Yes, indeed. And so, LJ, what are... Why would people use call centers? What are some example clients um, and successful accounts that you've worked with and things that have you know really gone uh, great guns using 611? Yeah, we have several lines of businesses as we cater a variety of clients here in 611. But for my team, the one that I'm handling now, majority of my people handles customer support. It's via phone, chat, tickets and emails, you know, those stuff. And this is for like the e-commerce companies. But we also provide support for dental and ortho offices since we are both PCI and HIPAA compliant but the broad, uh, the bread and butter for my team, which started 12 years ago, is virtual assistant services. So for the virtual assistant services, or we call it the VA services, we have two groups. We have the one is to one or one VA is to one client, which are mostly entrepreneurs. And the second group is one client is to several VAs or what we consider as our corporate accounts. And these are mostly in real estate industries or a group of researchers and data entry. So it was actually not an easy start with the VA services since there are several tasks that we need to know, unlike with the standards of customer support. Each client differs in all aspects. Say, for example, just in real estate team, in real estate niche, they work with we have we have real estate clients that want their VAs to work with different documents or contracts or do cold calling, pre-qualifying leads and properties and calling buyers and sellers. While there are also other real estate clients who just wanted social media posting or updating MLS or Photoshop and research. So when we onboard new clients, we really need to make sure that the priority task, what the priority task would be. And we also need to make sure that we match the correct VA to the needs of the client. So it doesn't stop that the client is in this particular niche. Like like if the client is an entrepreneur or realtor, we need to know the specifics on what what the client needs enable for for the business to grow or just to provide some help for the client. And when we give them the VA, we just don't we just don't give an available VA, but we make sure that the VA has experience. So we lessen the learning curve and we provide only the quality service to the clients. Got it, got it. And with a VA, you know, it is so, the roles are so diverse. I mean, you can literally, (laughs) VA can do some accounting, bookkeeping, graphics, content. You know, it's just such a broad umbrella term. 
how do you uh, help manage that? Is it kind of co-management, co-parenting sort of thing? How do you ensure standards? Do you work alongside those VAs or is the operations and deliverables really up to the client? Well, we have different teams already in our VA services team. So if the client wanted somebody to do all the technical stuff or all the website uh, changes or updating, we have a team and a specific team leader that caters that kind of client. But if a client wanted somebody that involves talking or, you know, just like an online secretary scheduling, managing emails and calendars, we also have a separate team that does that and a team leader that has experience with that kind of task. And if the client wanted just a little bit of both, you know, somebody that could do my website, my update my website at the same time, call or call my appointments or rescheduling, then we have a specific team, but we it's it's kind of because it's so broad, we have to make sure that on the first few days of the client working with a VA, the team leader is always there because aside from two heads is better than one, the team leader is on a supervisory level and has a experience with everything already it just makes the training and assisting of the VA more easier so since we have been doing this for 12 years already we were able to identify which teams we have to create enable for us to assist various clients um, and and their and the client's needs got it got it so you hire staff with the right skill sets and capabilities and then you put them into the team where the team leader is also familiar with that kind of work and can oversee things what what sort of ratio do you have to team leads and operation managers and things like that our ratio is one is to 15 so one team leader is to maximum of 15 vas uh we we were we started with a very small like one team leader is a 10 and we also experienced one team leader is to 20 VAs, but the one is to 15 just worked well. We don't shortchange the client. The, the quality of the service provided by the VA and the team leader is equally divided. There's no bottleneck. So we just stick to that standard. One is to 15. Got it. Got it. Fascinating. And how do you find, you know, do you deal with a lot of clients that are new to outsourcing and maybe even new to business and they're growing their business? How do you find the transition of people learning how to manage people, how to manage um, remote people, how to manage VAs? Uh, do, mm-hmm. do you help the client with, with that kind of coaching? Yes, yes. There's a lot of clients that is new to outsourcing. And also right now, since um, everything is just digital. So instead of say, like sending, like, for example, let's say authors, they have books, instead of sending the books or selling it just in, in Barnes and Nobles or different sites they resort to say to selling it online in amazon or other or create their own sales page but they just don't know how to do it so as instead of like 
you know, asking the client what you want us, we also educate our clients on how to properly do it. Since we are in the business of virtual assistant services for over a decade, we had several experiences already that we can suggest to the client that, okay, we had experience with this kind of service with like social media. This is what we did with our other client. We give that suggestion to our client and if they want it, we educate them as well. We train the client as well because it's not because they can outsource everything. They just have to give everything to the VA. It is also important for their business to grow that they learn the process and how to do it effectively as well. They can't just give 100% because there are also clients like that. You know, they wanted to, okay, I bought this program online. You learn it and then you implement it. And I'm just waiting for the return investment at the end of the day. So we are very, we will be very honest with the client that it doesn't work that way. You have to know the process as well. So you and the VA will be on the same page. So we, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not an issue for us to train and educate the clients. That is what we do for us to have greater business relationship. Yeah, that's really important, isn't it? You know, I talked to a few clients and I think they've read a lot of books on delegation and, you know, scaling. And, and they think that management is, is really just um, kind of abdicating the the role completely and i think very rarely in business can something be successful if the founder or the entrepreneur or the basically the manager above the person doing it is not fully invested into the process themselves and isn't you know fully up and aware and educated on the process themselves it's very rare when you can get someone that's relatively junior to you know, learn a whole new process and, and get it up and running. Yeah, do you do you sort of come across those friction points now and then? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Especially with social media, we have a lot of clients that wanted to do social media marketing for their products, but just don't know how to do it. Uh, it's not just you know posting and updating social media accounts, but we also need to increase their fan base. We need to increase their engagement. We need to know who are the people that we need to tap on social media, what proper social media to use, you know, stuff like that. And we educate, really, we wanted the clients to know why we are doing it, not just, you know, at the end of the day, sending a report that saying, okay, your fan page already has a thousand likes. We also inform them what we did, how we did it, and why is it important to do it. Because mm. there's a big difference between hiring someone to do the work and follow a process and expecting, and, and then the difference between expecting that person to actually design a process you know, and, and to be the architect for a successful rollout of a new plan. It's kind of very different, isn't it? And if, if everything mm-hmm. was that simple then you know everyone would be successful and and it's really hard to develop an effective social media following isn't it you know otherwise everyone would have a million followers and <laughs> you know and be an influencer um, yes. there's a lot of nuance there's a lot of art to it and and this is something that often the client needs to work through themselves and then have the assistance of the team that they can then scale into a process do you do you often get many um, 
inquiries for Facebook advertising because those things can quickly become quite technical, can't they? Yes, yes, we have. Uh, yeah, actually for social media marketing, the number one increase is running Facebook ads. Uh, it's it's we, we have a team of people that does just doing Facebook ads. It's quite technical, but... If once you know already and how to do it, then it's way easier. So we have a team of people that does that and just sending reports to the clients at the end of the day about like the if there's new leads, you know, uh, what happened to their investment in Facebook ads. So we run it for them. Got it. Got it. And is that a separate, that's almost like a, an agency service or is that part of the staffing service? It's part of the VA. It's part of the VA services. Right. Amazing. It's so diverse, isn't it? So diverse. And is there any, you know, can you think of some unusual or interesting businesses that, that you've worked with? Like, is it really as broad as any business out there? Have you found businesses that you can't work with that, that sort of offshore staffing doesn't work for? So far, it's... So far, I can't think of anything because right now everything can be outsourced. You know, it's not just um, it, it might not be like physically house to house, door to door kind of selling that you, you really can't outsource. But uh, the rest of the businesses tasks can be outsourced, really, if you know, if we just spend time, sit down and think on how really we, we could do it. Uh, I think the unusual is not really unusual, but I just kind of funny <laughs> kind of business is, especially with, with digital marketing is like the porn sites, you know, there are a lot of traffic in porn sites that you can sell not porn related stuff in there. Because of there's a lot of traffic in there. You can sell properties. You can sell books in there. So it's just kind of funny, but yes, we, we do it. <laughs> right. The long arms of the internet. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> and yeah. so you, like a lot of, I understand a lot of your clients are in the U.S. And your entire career, LJ, has been night shift or the graveyard. Can you yes. can you speak to that? Like, how, what are your thoughts on that? For me, I I, I couldn't imagine it. But how, how does it work for you? It works pretty well. I love night shift. I love graveyard shift, especially like nine in the evening until six in the morning. The world is just very quiet. <laughs> in in the place where I live, there's it's not really like the big cities like can you imagine like new york the city that never sleep in davao city it's it it's quiet in the evening and if you know philippines we have hot or hot and rainy season so in the morning it gets really really hot so in the evening it's colder so it's less conducive and it's it's more okay to travel if it's cold and everything is just fast it's very, the time is fast and it's it's just you know going to a bar hanging out with the friends and then going home very late in the morning and then sleep the whole day it's kind of like that for me so i i really love it 
And because, you know, people ask and, and they say, oh, you know, it, it, is it okay if people work night shift? And so the majority, I assume, of, of your staff, your 250 direct reports uh, or reports, they they all work night shift and it, it's pretty normalized in in the industry in, in Davao? Yes, yes, it's pretty normal. Uh, we There's also other call centers here that, because uh, since majority, I guess, with what we service is in the U.S., so we have to match the time zone. So that's why we work in the evening. And surprisingly, with the Gen Z or this new hires that we have, the young kids, the, the people actually really like working in the evening rather than in the morning. Right, right. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... Yeah, gosh. How do you how do you sleep during the day? You, you, it's just normal now. It is very normal for me. Even on the weekends, I still do that. Even in my day off, I still sleep in the morning and very wide awake in the evening. It's uh, my room is very dark. That's one. <laughs> so it kind of my body already is trained that it's if the room is dark, then it's evening, and. It just comes in natural right now. I just I I didn't think that it's graveyard or if it's morning. It's it's I'm very used to it. Just imagine fourteen years of in that same schedule. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And of course people earn a little bit more money, don't they, on night shift? Like there is um government allowances, I think about ten percent, isn't it, for people working night shift. So yeah, and people see it as a as a win win, and they avoid the traffic and things like yes. that. Yes, yeah. yes, that's correct. There's night differential. There's hazard bay because it's in the wee night. Um, there are there's a lot of of benefits, not just for the for the night shift. Here in six eleven, we really compensate our people really well. We give them a lot of bonuses. So aside from your basic salary uh, and the bonuses and the the other incentives like HMOs or uh, we have we have food allowances rice allowances you know here in the Philippines we mm. rice is really part of our meal like breakfast lunch and dinner we have to have rice so we also have rice allowance laundry allowance so aside from all of those we have commission schemes per team so for our customer support team. If they're, say, for example, the QA score is above 80% for the whole four weeks at the end of the, the month, we give them an additional couple of dollars uh, on, on top of their salary just for commission of being a good performer. For VA services, if they're also doing a great job with their clients, aside from the clients giving them direct commissions, 611 also gives monthly commissions if they have like perfect attendance, if they don't have any absences, if if they don't have any lates. We give also a certain amount of dollars at on top of their salary because they are just performing really well. So we really incentivized everything just to keep our people happy got it and it's all focused around performing well for the client really isn't it like giving the client the best the best service possible yes that's correct and can you tell me about covid so you know we've all obviously been through covid it's been a big disruption how has that 
do do your staff all work from the office? Some of them are home based, and and how did that impact? How did that sort of uh, how was that affected by COVID? Yes, it, it was very scary at the beginning, you know, with all the threats of lockdowns and especially the dangers of being in the front line. But aside from our commitment to our clients that we will be providing services, we just totally understand that our clients need us, especially that some also of our clients are affected with a pandemic as well. And also the fact that this is new like the COVID, the pandemic is new and we do not have any experience at all on how to handle pandemic. It was an everyday struggle for us. So we first saw all the negative things that that the pandemic will bring. We have the employees resigning because they are just scared. You know, we have clients canceling because their business is closed. However, as 611's best practice is to always look at the bright side and we just followed all the government protocols and new policies. And we also provide temporary shelter to that is near the office. We rented hotels and that, that our employees can stay. We have shuttles to bring all employees from the hotel to office and back to the hotel. We also let go some of the workstations so we can have social distancing inside the office for all the employee safety as also part of the government protocol to have 50% only of, um, we, we can only cater 50%. So we abide to that rule. And then we initially did it because we never wanted to stop giving service to our valued clients. And eventually, because of all our efforts and we adopted the new normal, we are now still standing high and it brought us new clients, actually. So the pandemic did not just made us stay up and running and functional as an outsourcing company, but fortunately, it brought us more clients and we continued to grow. And Right now, we are focused on the solution, which is vaccination of all our employees. So this is what we are currently doing. I think right now, we are at a, a big portion of our um, employees are fully vaccinated. And every weekend or every day off of our employees, they have scheduled already for vaccination, which is the next step of us during this pandemic time. Yeah, that's great to hear. And you know, people hear a lot about the Philippines and it is a developing country, but it it's it's doing quite well in terms of in terms of COVID. Numbers have stayed relatively low. Also, outsourcing has been a prioritized sector. They're considered essential workers. And also they've been prioritized for the vaccine now. And it's mm-hmm. it's all rolling out quite well, isn't it? You know, it's it's, yeah. it's it's great to see. And certainly in Manila, you know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated now. Mm-hmm. I think all of our staff are now vaccinated, so it's great to see these things. Yes, these things it, the, our employees are kinda at ease now to be working in the office because they are fully vaccinated. That is really a big thing. And in Manila, it's actually going back into a stricter lockdown, what they call an ECQ, because of the Delta variant. How are you seeing trends or things in Davao? Is 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 it all under? Is it under control? It is under control, but if in case the government would declare that we'll be back to ECQ, 
611 is already ready. We have hotels ready for all our employees. Our pantry is giving uh, 24-hour support as, as well for the food so they don't have to go out and look for restaurants to eat. If they would if they will declare a lockdown, we have we are already full redundant for the p- place to stay, the shuttles, the food. Um, we we have it ready, even though there's no threat of lockdowns in the in the in Davao yet. Got it, got it. So well organized by the sounds. And so, how how would you? summarize your career in outsourcing and you know would you recommend other other people to get into it has it been a positive experience yes it is it is very positive for me i graduated as an educator i am a teacher supposedly but uh when i started working in outsourcing i just thought that you know this is like a temporary job for me when when after school i just wanted to start earning and then you know, uh, find a, a better job as a teacher in the future. But it turned out really there's a career for me, you know, and pay wise, I was able to really help my parents. And then also I had my own house now. I had my own car now. I can buy things that I was able to buy before. Just this, um, actually a few months from now, I'll be, transferring to my own property my own house and lot <laughs> wow congratulations thank you yeah it's it's and for the for our clients as well we are very very thankful because it is not just they are helping filipino people uh, or they're not just helping their business to grow but they are really helping to improve the quality of life of filipino workers or Filipinos here in outsourcing business. You know, we are earning dollars. The the conversion rate of like US dollars to Philippine is high. And because of that, we can be able to raise our family well. We have young mothers, we have single mothers that works with us and can be able to really raise their family well. And that is because there are also a lot of clients that you know, go with outsourcing. It's really a win-win situation. We get to help them with their business. We help them with the little things um, that they can outsource or they can do their own stuff and, you know, make more money. And at the same time, we have employment and we it just makes our lives really better, very good quality of life. Yeah, thanks. It is, it is a beautiful story, isn't it? And it's a win-win for everyone because, of course, you know, um, the Filipinos are powering the back end of many Western businesses now. You know, I, I don't think people <laughs> quite realize how many, you know, businesses are, are kind of powered and run by Filipinos now. It's an incredible situation. And, um, you know, that is helping the Filipinos. That's helping the Filipino economy and society, um, but also all of these businesses that are getting incredible help and are building and are running, you know, generating profits all through the services of Filipinos. It's it's really an incredible win-win, mm-hmm. isn't it? And LJ, you know, you were a teacher or you trained as a teacher. And, um, how did the, the salaries and outsourcing compare? And just to give us some sort of insight, do you know what the average typical teacher would earn in Davao right now? 
Yes, I have friends. My classmates push through their teaching career. It's way, it's so different. I'm telling you, uh, the, here in the Philippines, if you teach in public school, you earn more than somebody teaching in, in private. So a lot of teachers really aiming to go into public schools, and which is also very hard to get because there are a lot of tenured teachers that stay in public schools. So you know, sometimes it's really hard to get a job in public schools. But just compared to the salary of my friends that are already in public school and is also a decade teaching in 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 public schools, I think it's really fifty. I am fifty percent more, or even even a hundred percent more than what they are earning. It's it's totally different. Got it. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? It's huge, and um, you know, it, it is. It's breathing incredible uh, mm. life into the economies. This outsourcing because it's people are earning a, a salary that is good for the Philippines, and then also a great deal for people in the West as well. So it's a, it's mm-hmm. a win-win all round, isn't it? Yes. Well, LJ, thank you so much. Thank you for your insights and and you know, of course, sharing your vast experience in in the offshore industry and by helping businesses and um and all of your comments and thoughts it was really great to talk to you if anyone wants to know more about 611 or get in touch how can they do that yes they can visit our website it's 611 the number is 611global.us or they can email i i can give my email address it's lj G-A-C-H-O, L-J Gacho at 611center.com. Great. Thank you so much, LJ, and we'll put all of that in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much. It's This is great. I am very happy talking to you. Thank you so much for this privilege and opportunity. That was LJ Gacho. If you want to get in touch with LJ or know any more about what we discuss, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast for all of the show notes. And as always, if you want to ask us a question, just drop us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.